Hello, welcome to Color of Film, episode number two. Um, I'm going to talk today about a film that I saw just before lockdown called Portrait of a Lady on Fire by Celine Shama. It's a story of love. Oh, by the way, there's going to be a lot of spoilers. I'm just going to alert. If you haven't seen the film, maybe don't listen to the podcast. The film is a story of love, desire and longing between two women who fall in love whilst creating a portrait. The story is set in 18th century France, where Marianne is contracted to secretly paint a portrait of Heloise, who had been promised in marriage upon the completion of the portrait. However, Heloise refuses to be painted as this is her only stance against patriarchal society. It's a magnetic dance of silent gazes, the camera being the third gaze, uh, and we through the camera steal these precious moments as the painter gazes secretly to her muse and who doesn't know she's being observed. And uh, Celine says that her aim was, and I quote, I wanted to show how love and desire grow between two people step by step. The rhythms, the breathings, the delays and frustrations. Celine has the desire of showing the birth of longing and longing at the end of the day is what falling in love is. And you can really sense this in the film with the patience of these two women, the reciprocity of their gazes and this kind of doubt and inner turmoil that comes with any kind of love anyway. Um, but I guess it's emphasized in this film as their love is kind of not allowed in the society they live in. She wanted to make it very equal and very balanced, so like a perfect choreographed dance between two polar opposite magnets. In fact, as the women get closer to each other, Miriam reveals to Heloise her secret that she's painting her for her to be married off because she says she will only paint Heloise if she can work with her. Film critic Justin Chang says that this collaboration between the muse and the painter shows the mystery, and I quote, the mystery of how an artist's gaze shapes and is shaped and turned by its subject. So it's a constant give and take, a playful game. The reality of collaboration between the muse and the artist is often hidden in history, in the history of art. And that was something that they wanted to show. Shaleen says in a lot of interviews that it was very important for her to have this, to show this equality in love and the casting. They chose two actresses that were the same height, that were the same age. And also the camera angles often have them in the same frame or they have equal amounts of camera time. And in their act, I guess, in the story, they have, they're giving and taking equal amounts of love from each other. And another thing that's interesting about this film is that it's a period drama that wasn't adapted. So Celine wrote the, wrote the story. And she says in an interview, I quote, I guess it's pretty rare that a period piece is not adapted, but you know, that book hasn't been written. It's a great love story between two women in the 18th century. This great love story hasn't been written, so you have to write it. You know, it tells a lot about women artists throughout history. I think this is uh, very true and very beautiful, the fact that she had to write this story because nobody would have ever published this book. Um, and that says a lot on its own. Um, the colors of the dresses are, were, are very well thought through. And I think in terms of the color of the film, the dresses, the choice of dresses and lighting has majority of the effect. Miriam starts the opening scene wearing a blue dress when she's teaching a painting class and one of her students asks her about painting. And this brings back difficult memories 
as this painting she's been asked about is the portrait of Lady on Fire. And then after this scene, we go into like a flashback where she kind of explains to us what this painting is as she's explaining it to the student. The color blue represents at times feeling of serenity, but also is used to throughout the years um, in film to represent sadness and in generally like feeling blue. This is kind of like after her romance has ended and uh, she is really upset. We then see Miriam wearing a red dress and red is part of the warm color scheme on the color wheel with yellow and orange and these warm colors remind us of fire. Pamela Gordon writes in Art Matters that, I quote, they often feel alive, energetic and enriching. When uh, Miriam arrives to the castle, uh, where she's going to be staying to do, do the painting, she strips off her red dress and sits naked in front of a fire. In that moment, fire becomes a big metaphor for the film and for Marianne herself. She is the fire. It's funny because the whole film is very warm, but this initial plan, but the initial plan was actually to make the outside exterior shots look grey and gothic, like uh, like for example the Bronte sisters. But when they arrived on set, it was super sunny, and actually this last-minute change went into in their favour as it made all the outside scenes more luminous and warm and because it's set on like a rocky kind of seaside in France yeah it, it just gives it such a big warmth which makes it look very a lot more romantic like if it was more grey and gothic I wonder if it had it would have had the same effect because a lot of the staring happens when they go on these walks outside and so the two girls have to like go on walks and Miran has to stare secretly at and that's how they kind of fall in love but I wonder if it was got and grey if if it would have translated them falling in love or it would have just been a bit antagonistic this this grey look so it's really nice that the sea is very warm and it has a very cyan kind of look to it because the sky and the water of the sea is, is very pictorial. It's a bit unrealistic. Going back to the dress, the red of the Miriam's dress was also chosen in contrast to the green dress that Heloise has to wear when being painted. There's a beautiful scene where the women dance around a bonfire singing a chorus. And also one of the two moments in the film when there's music, which is crazy because this is a love story and it's mad that they did it without any music, but I guess it makes this moment very powerful. And they sing a song which repeats Fuggere non possum, which uh, literally gave me goosebumps when I like saw it and it was so powerful. I remember turning around to my friend and being like, oh my God. And I translated to her what it meant because Fuggere non possum means I cannot escape. And they repeat this line over and over again in crescendo. I can't escape, I can't escape, I can't escape. And then Heloise's dress at the very big like last moment catches fire and the fire is essentially Miran's passion because Miran's wearing the red dress and represents fire she's wearing the green dress which represents nature and kind of like the fire has caught her has like caught her on fire literally and visually but the music keeps repeating the same four words I can't escape I can't escape which creates this juxtaposition between what we're, what we're visually between the visual dialogue and the music because Although, yeah, she's literally catched fire and she's in love and we know that. We also know that she can't run away from this world they live in and she will be married off and their love cannot, can never exist. The green dress of Heloise, as I said, symbolizes is a, is a color of nature and it symbolizes renewal and growth. It's um, a renewal because she has decided to join the love story, to collaborate with Miriam on the painting, but also it's um, kind of how, when she gains back power 
and accepts her faith of being married off, but at the same time wants to enjoy this time she has left with Marianne as much as possible. So I find that very special. And interestingly, green and red are complementary colors on the color wheel. So they have an effect called simultaneous contrast, where both colors become more vibrant and intense when together. So when they embrace at the end, uh, when their romance is about to be come to an end, they and they kiss. Uh, they have the red and green dress um, together, and that that scene is beautiful. They become very vibrant and intense together, thanks to the color choice. Uh, the other color choice in the clothing that's very important is, is white. Uh, white for the nightgowns that girls wear during the love scenes. White in the Western world symbolizes innocence, purity, and peace. But in the Eastern world, it's linked to death and mourning, as people wear white to funerals. In a way, white symbolizes both in the film, the purity of the lo their love and the sex scenes, but also the image of Heloise in her wedding dress haunts Miriam throughout the film as if she was a ghost. So there's all these images of Miriam as a ghost throughout the film when she's wearing the wedding dress. And in a way, when Heloise wears the wedding dress uh, at the end and says goodbye to Miriam for the last, like that's the last time she's ever gonna see her, that marriage is a key into her death and definitely a key to the death of her love with Miriam. I saw this film with my friend and colleague, Carol Trabolsky. Um, who is an amazing colorist and I advise you to check out her work. And we came out of the theater completely amazed. She commented immediately on how the film looked like an oil painting. And I was very much uh, yeah, agreeing with her because it's amazing. The whole film looks like an oil painting. Claire Mathorn, the DP says, and I quote, that she wanted to find a balance between life and the timeliness of the skin tones. As it's a period piece, it would have made sense to shoot the film on film, but they chose to shoot it digitally to make it have more of a contemporary echo. To have this kind of pictorial dimension, they, they, say, they say in interviews that they chose the Red Monstro 8K VV camera with a combination of Lakes Italia lenses uh, because it allowed them to get this look. I guess it's a film about portraits, about faces, so it's obvious this was very important. In paintings you can show the blush on someone's face and in the same way they wanted to kind of show the variation of emotions felt when falling in love, as if uh, these emotions were painted on their faces and also because they don't really tell each other that they're falling in love, you kind of have to see it and so um, it's really interesting how the painting, like the, the, the makeup and the look and the lighting all come into effect to have this very soft and slightly satiny finish. Maython says, and I quote, despite the warmth of the light, I wanted to keep a richness in the colors, especially for the painting and the skin tones. This was one of the biggest challenges was to erase the raw and contemporary look of the faces to capture the variations the slightest trembling to reveal their redness, feel their emotions without ever letting the light take over. I think they achieved this color separation on the faces with a lot of testing, um, they say between like the makeup, light quality, satin filters and post-production. And they did do a lot of tests to get this kind of feel. The whole film is shot with a very unrealistic lighting 
by de-emphasizing the light's directionality, working on an all-encompassing softness. It looks like the, um, the light emanates from their faces to brighten the scene, as it happens in portraits. The lens most commonly used was 70 millimeters, so that it could capture both actors in the frame, and this follows the idea of the equality in love, equality in the frame. The day interior shots, the um, for the day interior shots, the lighting was completely artificial. When they did the workshop room, which is where they, she gets painted, the light comes from the windows with many diffusions and flat frames and flags and this uh, my film says was very complicated because they shot in an old castle so they had to build a whole platform outside to light everything from the windows the evening scenes instead they decided to not have candles in the frame but they still gave it a candle feel. Keeping the same continuity on the face as Mathon said, she didn't keep the directionality of the candle lights of frame, but rather followed her omnidirectional lighting effect. She says, I quote, for the candle light, I did not want to be too realistic, to be subjugated to candles, even if we had to, of course. Believe in how this light would have appeared in that epoch. They used a lot of reference paintings, especially from the Dutch Golden Age. And there are some familiarities between the film and the paintings, for example, by Jean Vermeer as the girl with the pearl earring, or Judith Leister, or even Jean-Baptiste Chardin, whose paintings seem to be have inspired the kitchen scenes. They have a they have a fireplace with a very red fire, and then the women cooking in front, and that's literally it, it very much represents the film. Uh, in terms of look and also instead for the interior scenes uh, they seem to have taken as reference Wilhelm Harmershoy who uses instead a very pale blue palette with light blues and lots of whites for like uh, with big curtains and white drapes and that kind of looks like the workshop room. They didn't have a DIT during the filming uh, but the colorist at Heventy Laboratory called Jeremy Bigure. I'm sorry if I didn't say this right. Jeremy made two lots to use during the film, one for the day and one for the night rushes. And Maython says that throughout the shoot, Jeremy oversaw the rushes and sent her frame grabs that allowed her to react daily and thus uh, get as close as possible to the visual intentions. There isn't anything written online about um, Jeremy's color grading, especially there's no interviews with the colorist himself. But personally, I think that it's very, it's very much um, looking at how these paint, Dutch painters worked and kind of really closely matches them. There's like very light contrast, uh, shadows are very, very light and. Uh, the film is just very, very soft and satiny look and I guess it's interesting how they made it look so pictorial. Thankfully, I guess the outdoor scenes were with the sun because I think they look amazing with the like the blues and the cyan looks incredible and I think it fits perfectly that they did it in the sun. And yeah, it's, it's um, I guess the paint, the, the, the colour really does give it, it does make you feel like you're you're in this world of painting. It, 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 it links perfectly to the story, to the idea of love and the love between these two people. And, and the night scenes, you can really see the glow coming from their faces, emanating their love, like their fire. And it's really beautiful. I think it's a very important story. It's got a female DOP, female director, and it's a story about two women falling in love in the 18th century. And it's it, and, and the color kind of shows this femininity as it's um, got loads of detail but it's really soft and 
and beautiful and kind of like fits perfectly with the whole narrative and story. I hope you enjoyed my analysis of a Portrait of a Lady on Fire. I had a lot of fun um, researching it. And if you have any videos that need grading, do get in contact. I'm looking for projects to work on during isolation and I would be very interested in uh, practicing on anyone's project. Thank you very much and have a good day. Thank you.